0: James chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, is any among you sick, or suffering, I'm sorry, if any among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses for your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So in the book of James here, it talks about the prayer of faith. And it talks specifically and concentrates on somebody who's sick and then praying for healing and that sort of thing. But then it makes a bold and and clear and general statement. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man produces much. So, the righteousness, of course, that we have in Christ, this message is to the church and only to the church. Uh, The message is to the church to pray the prayer of faith. But you notice when it's talking about the prayer of faith, it says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So we would conclude that we have to pray in a way that is effective and that is fervent. The word fervent means like hot, like. Really uh, serious and really pers- pers- uh, persistent and and effective. you say, well, that means if if the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man produces a lot, we can also conclude that the opposite is true, and everywhere in between that we can pray in a way that's ineffective and not fervent. We can pray in a way that's lukewarm, that's careless, that's sluggish and not effective. So how can we pray in a way that's ineffective? Well, it's very clear. If we're unbelieving, the Bible says right here, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Well, we, we must pray the prayer of faith when we're praying. But if we don't pray in faith, it says in the first chapter of the same book that we're double-minded and don't expect that we should receive anything from God. So I don't have much faith. I, you know I, I, I'm not there in that place. Well, if we're not there in that place, just take, take notice that's where God wants us to be and calls us to be. And that we need to feed our faith so that we grow. And become the person that God wants us to be. Because if we don't look at things through the eyes of faith and if we don't pray in the eyes of faith, if we don't pray in faith, we're going to pray in a way that's ineffective and if it's ineffective not gonna produce much I mean they go together the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man produces much Say, well what else can we do that's ineffective the Bible says if we regard sin in our heart God will not hear us we're if we're walking in the flesh it's gonna gonna hurt our faith and one of the ways that we walk in the flesh that we don't take account of is that if we're not walking in love, if we're not walking in the fruit of the spirit. If we're not walk being led by the Spirit. It just it undermines. Not only does it undermine our walk with God, but it undermines our faith. If you don't believe that, look at the words in the scriptures that say. <clears throat> You know, that circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. If we walk in a way that's unloving, it will undermine our faith. Faith works through love. And if that doesn't seem clear enough to you, if you go to 1 John chapter 3, it talks about how that, you know, that we know that he hears us because we do those things that are pleasing and keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we love one another. And if we ask anything, we know he hears us because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we love one another and believe on his Son. Kind of narrows it down in a way that we don't always think of. But we understand that faith works through love. And Jesus said in John 15 in the Gospel that if we keep his commandments, we'll bear much fruit. And he said, that if you remain in Him, that you ask what you will and it'll be done for you. He says, if you remain in His love, that you'll ask what you will and it'll be done for you. You see, there's a connection between walking with God and being able to have faith and to be able to pray in a way that's effective. It's all connected. That walking with God, walking with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, is all part of that which opens a door to praying by faith and praying effectively. The effective fervent prayer... Of a righteous man produces much. Elijah verse 17 was a man with a nature like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. Um, when. Elijah prayed for it to start raining again after three and a half years of drought if you read the story it says that he prayed seven times and each time he sent a servant to go look for clouds and and six times nothing happened and the seventh time it says he saw his servant saw a, a cloud in the distance that looked like the like a man's finger a little skinny little cloud out in the distance and then that was the sign; it was, it was coming. And sure enough, the rains came. But the fact that he prayed and sent his servant seven times shows you that, even though he was a man who instantly called fire from heaven, and uh, to uh, destroy it, uh, a, a group of army men that were coming. To arrest him twice and burnt them to the crisp immediately and he called down and uh, but yet here you see that this prophet of God this man of faith yet he didn't pray once he didn't pray twice but he prayed seven times and we say, well boy it'd be nice if we only had to pray seven times within you know a short period of time and and then we get whatever we want and, but it doesn't we know that it doesn't work like that. Effective and fervent can take time. And so that's why the Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Sometimes the promises inherit patience and sometimes a lot of patience. And we must continue in faith and we must continue to live and to walk in faith. And so that's why it says in the Bible that both in the Old and the New Testament, the just shall live by faith it's something that we apply on a daily basis to our life whether we get our answers to prayer in short or long term or whether we see uh, the things that we hope for short or long term you know if we don't see anything at all that we just continue to live in the way that we're trusting in the promises of God as we sang that song too so sweet to trust in Jesus and it's true It's sweet and it's a place of peace and calm and contentment in the midst of the storms of life. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. In Psalm 65, the Lord is addressed, O thou who answerest prayer in the King James Version, He's referred to the writer of that psalm as the as the one who as the God who answers prayer. And in Psalm 81 God speaks to the children of Israel, "Open wide your mouth that I might fill it." You know, and so we we call on the Lord. We open wide our mouth in prayer. And the answer <laughs> It almost seems like a bird, baby birds where uh, you see their mother coming with, a, with the food and you see the little baby birds open up their their mouth about as wide as you could possibly open them. Just the dependency on God answering us in prayer. Open wide your mouth that I might fill it. That God might take care of our needs. That God might answer the things that we're hoping for and that we're praying for. So now we go to Matthew Chapter twenty one We go to Matthew twenty one (coughs) <coughs> verse 18 Matthew 21:18 Now in the morning <coughs> as he was returning to the city he was hungry and seeing a fig tree by the road he came to it and found nothing but leaves on it and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? (coughs) And so so Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, You have faith and do not doubt. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, But also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you'll receive. Faith has evidence to it. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, Receive again. That's what one of the main things that makes prayer effective is believing. And so the problem we have, we say, "Well, I'm discouraged. I'm praying, and I don't see God answering. Uh, there's no evidence that God is hearing me." Uh, Well, that's why it takes faith. The Bible says that faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. We don't see God's answer, but we're believing God because that's not only what He commands us to do, and that's what pleases Him, but that's what faith is. We believe Him. And... Because we believe his word. Faith is a substance of things that we hope for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So when we're getting discouraged because we're not seeing anything, that means our faith is small. That means that we're not trusting God like we should. Discouragement is not faith. Discouragement and faith are in opposite ends. Now, some people will say, well, yeah, I know, but, you know, this is, seems really impossible. You know, I know other people that prayed and this, and they never got an answer. And and we begin to live according to what other people say and experience instead of the Word of God. We're not living according to the Word of God and the Word of God alone. We're living on the experience of others and the advice of others and the testimonies of others that are negative and don't agree with the Word of God. And that's why this is a personal relationship with God. We must walk with God ourselves and stand on our own two spiritual feet. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience did inherit the promises, did have answers to prayer, not those who are the naysayers. Don't follow the naysayers. Don't follow the negativity. Follow the faith and the patience of those who've had their prayers answered. Be encouraged by the testimony of those who testify that the word of God is true, and that they had answers to their prayers. Say, "Well, yeah, that answered the prayer, but it's not exactly the same details as what my situation is." Well, hmm. everybody's life is different, and. It mentions specifically Abraham when it comes down. We say, oh, my life isn't like Abraham. Abraham didn't have to go through this, or you didn't have to go through that. Well, we can listen to all those naysaying voices. Those voices of negativity. Those voice, voices that try to undermine the truth of God's Word. And let the air out of the tire, so to speak. Or not. We can set those things aside and follow those, as the Bible commands us, follow those who through faith and patience inherited God's promises. The promises for today, tomorrow, all the way to eternity. Because if we don't, Walk by faith today. How are you going to stand by faith tomorrow? And when you get into a situation that's really bad, how are you going to stand by faith then? So today is the day to establish living and walking by faith for the challenges of today. And that will build a foundation for tomorrow And the next day, and the next day. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you'll receive. So I've asked God by prayer, believing, and nothing happened. Well, that's why it takes patience, as we've talked about many times. However long it takes, we say. In Luke... Chapter 11... First 1 <clears throat> now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had stopped that one of the disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray so they see Jesus praying and oh, well we want to Pray like you're praying. Teach us. John the Baptist taught his disciples. Teach us. And he teaches them first the the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. In the middle of it he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If we're walking in unforgiveness, if we have a grudge towards somebody, if we have Bad feelings in our heart towards somebody will affect. We won't be able to pray in ways that's effective. So he teaches how to pray by giving him a parable in verse 5. Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, Friend, give me the three loaves of bread. Pray For a friend of mine, come to me on his journey and have nothing to set before him. And you answer from within and say, don't trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot give and cannot rise and give to you. And I say to you, David you will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, but because of his persistence, you rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, who seeks finds. And who knocks will be opened. The word here that's given in the King James is importunity. In the New King James is translated persistence. If you look in the Greek dictionary for this word. It can also be translated boldness, and I think some other, if I remember right, I think some other versions of the scriptures do actually translate it boldness. You say, Well, what does this have to do this about prayer? How how can we see this in a way that will help us? In the in the book of Hebrews it says that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help for our time of need. And you see a guy here that comes to his friend at midnight. And we know that usually at midnight, especially in the old days, people went to bed and got up with the sun. They didn't have alarm clocks. and So in order to get up with the sun, you had to go to bed with the sun. That's what happened a lot of times. And this guy comes at midnight, and he says, Hey, a guest is coming. I I don't have any food. He says, Give me three loaves of bread. He says, It's not because he's his friend that he does it, but because of his boldness, his persistence. And this seems like boldness. It's pretty bold to wake somebody up at midnight and say, Hey, can you give me three loaves of bread for my friend? Is from out of town. And so... You say, "Well, what causes this us to be bold? How can we be as bold as this?" Well, you see, the guy was in a in a place of need. A friend came from out of town, and I don't have any food to give me. He's hungry. There was a there was a great need, and that's why the guy was bold like that. There was a there was a real need, and so not only was he bold, but he was. You know, but, you know, he just came and was like, look, he goes, this is really serious, you know, it's a serious need. Jesus is teaching us to pray in this parable. We have great need. No need is too great or too small with God. But the fact is, if it's making us anxious, if it's burdening us, if we're troubled, if we're weighed down, heavily burdened, if we're depressed or uh, depressed, depressed, discouraged, it's important. And instead of being in that place, Jesus says, be like this man, come boldly to the Lord, night or day, midnight, the not matter. He says, because of his boldness, not just because of his need, but because of his boldness. In the book of Hebrews, it says we can come boldly before the throne of grace because of our faith in the blood of Jesus. Our, our belief that God will help us because we're, we have become his children, because we have faith in the, in the blood of the cross, in what Jesus did on the cross. And for that reason, we can become bold. It's who we are. And knowing who we are. And knowing we have rights and privileges and promises that people who are not in Christ don't have. So we shouldn't be thinking like people who are not in Christ. We should be thinking like those who are in Christ, who are the children of God. And the promises of God are yes in Christ. So that we can be bold because of who we are. It says, and now we are the children of God. Not, we will be the children of God. The Apostle John writes, and now we are the children of God. So now we understand why we can be bold. I remember as a kid going to church and praying. Oh, God, I, here I was bargaining with God. God, if you do this, I'll be really good. And, and you know, and I'll do this for you and I'll do that for you. And it's like, like let's make a deal, a game show. God, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. It's true. That's what I did when I was a kid. You know, God, I know I don't deserve anything, but. There was no boldness because of the blood of Christ there, and that's why it's all wrong. God responds to us through the boldness of faith. That's why He's teaching it here in this in this parable about teaching us to pray. It's about boldness and persistence. The word importunity. You can look it up. The definition. It's a, it's a parable about boldness before the Lord. And as soon as he's done the parable, this is what he says. So I say to you, talking to his disciples now, teach us to pray. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Now, if you have the older King James Version, it would say, Whoever asketh receiveth. You say, Well, who cares? This is you know. Well, the reason is is because it it reflects something in the Greek that the modern English version of it doesn't reflect. When you have the ETH on the end, if you look in the old King James Version, sometimes it has ETH on the end, sometimes it doesn't. It's because it's a present perfect tense if it has ETH on the end, say so what? What it means is that he who continues to ask will receive. He who continues to seek will find. He continues to knock will be opened. Asketh, seeketh, knocketh. You have an old King James. You'll see it in there. He who continues, uh, present perfect tense. He who continues. It's, a con- uh, it's called a continu- perfect continuous perfect tense. It's a continuous uh, term. He who continues to ask will receive. He who (laughs) continues to seek will find. He who continues to knock, the door will be open. So what does that mean? It means sometimes our prayers are not going to be answered right away. So I don't like that. Yeah, I know. Our natural, our human nature doesn't like it. In the world we live in today, we want to drive up and get our food we, we, when we order it, like, in five minutes. We want to go in and out of the supermarket. We don't want to wait in a long line, like we have to nowadays a lot of times. We don't like that stuff. We don't like waiting. We don't want to go and get, you know, look up and have a big stack of encyclopedias. We just Google things now. We don't need encyclopedias anymore. We want everything instantly. You know, say, well, somebody, something in history... Uh, I don't know. Look it up and boom, right away you have the answer and a whole long write-up and something that happened in history. It's amazing. No waiting. Well, with faith there is waiting. But we can still be bold because we believe God because of who we are in Christ. Some people say, well, I haven't really been living right, and you know, I did this wrong and that, and they're going around with all this guilt. And you know, I, regard, I regarded sin in my heart, so I guess God's not going to hear me. And, and so, in this, this downward spiral of negativity and guilt and everything, come boldly to the throne of grace. That means we don't deserve it. It means we should repent and get our conscience clear and then be bold in Christ. In Christ, not in ourselves, in Christ. Yeah, I did that, but God forgave me, so now here I am in the throne of grace, Lord. I know I didn't deserve it, but the natural man is going to live in guilt. But we're not in the natural. The Bible says we are in the spirit if the spirit of God is in us. <clears throat> continues to say in verse 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will they give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or you ask for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? You see what he's doing here. He's continuing to talk on this level of boldness based on a father and son relationship. That if we're in Christ, God is our father and we are his children. And that is why we can have boldness. And then he goes to the very character of God in this father and son relationship. He goes, look. Because if your son, you guys, I'm assuming that if your son comes to you and asks for a piece of bread, you're not going to give him a rock. I remember one time a friend of ours, some of you know him, Reed Marino. I remember in a men's meeting he said something that cracked me up a lot, but I you think about it. And he said, commenting on this passage, he said, you know, we have to start at a place where we we start to begin to believe that God's at least as nice a guy as we are. And what he meant by that is, you know, what Jesus is saying here, you know. We would do that for our own children. And that's the starting place, he says, (laughs) because Jesus is using that example. Look, if you're going to do that for your kids, what is God going to do for his children? And again, When you take all that into consideration, it all comes back to that one word that Jesus uses in this parable. Importunity. Boldness. Persistence. So we've emphasized the word boldness. But now we go to the word persistence. And we remember the parable that we talk about often of the persistent widow who comes before the judge. And this parable Jesus said is about how that we should pray always and not give up. In other words, give up. In other words, that we should be persistent in our prayers and not give up. Now, why would he teach a parable like that? Well, it's very obvious. It implies something very clearly, that when we pray, when we exercise our faith, there are times when it may take a while, and it could take a good long time. And we should not, he said, as as it says in Luke 18:1, he taught them a parable, his disciples a parable. They should pray always and not faint or give up. It says something very similar in Hebrews. That we have a need of patience, that after we've done the will of God, that we will receive what is promised. It says that we should not give up. We will reap if we do not give up. And so in Luke 18, it says, verse 1, it says we should pray always. And not give up. Do not give up in the things we are exercising our faith about. Because, yes, our faith is going to be tested. Yes, it could take a while. Yes, it could seem like we're in a desert. Yes, it could seem like nothing's happening and maybe nothing seems to be happening. I think of the case of Daniel who's fasting for three weeks. And seeking God about a vision he had and he didn't know what the answer to it was. So there's Daniel fasting and praying for three weeks. No food. Three weeks. Not eating anything for three weeks. And three weeks, after three weeks, an angel comes to him and says, I've come to answer you now, Daniel, but guess what? Three weeks ago, when you first pray, the Lord sent me, but I was detained for three weeks. 21 days he was detained. God sent him on day one, but he was detained for three weeks by, apparently, uh, an angel of darkness... authority. And he said, but after three weeks came, Michael came and helped me. We know that Michael is the archangel, one of the high-ranking angels. There is a lot going on that we don't know about in the spirit world. We're not as, (laughs) we, (coughs) there's a lot in the world of the spirit that we don't know that much about. But when you read something out, you see but Daniel persisted in prayer, not one days, not five days, not ten days, twenty-one days, in. and through his persistence he got his answer. And the angel answered him, God answered him, concerning his prayer about what this vision was that he had. Three weeks of fasting and prayer. Now that that, this isn't a message that we have to pray for three weeks, with, not eat food for three weeks before God's going to answer us. But what it is is a message of persistence that we must pray always and not give up. Sometimes it takes time, is the answer, is what the message is. It takes boldness in Christ and it takes persistence. And in order to be in that place of boldness and persistence, all the things we talked about earlier about walking with God. Walking in the spirit. Walking in the love of Christ. You know. And if we're not then. Alright then we need to change. God is showing us. We need, to, we need to change brothers and sisters. In these areas. To feed our faith. and To the starve our doubts. Another aspect. We read. Faith comes. By hearing the word of God. You notice, if you look at that verse carefully, it doesn't say faith comes by reading the word of God. It says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And in one place, we we hear in the scriptures where people didn't have ears to hear and eyes to see. That didn't mean that they were physically blind and deaf. He's talking about spiritual connection. To be able to see and hear spiritually. To being in that place. We have to get in the right place. To be able to see and hear all this. It goes for all of us. And to do what's necessary. To come boldly before the throne of grace. To pray effectively and fervently. Well, I haven't been very fervent lately. I've been kind of lazy spiritually. I know it's a struggle for all of us. But as we read, I mentioned from the book of Hebrews where it says to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. But if you read right before that, it says, he counsels to not be sluggish, not be lazy, but but follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So if we're being lazy or sluggish spiritually, and well, we got change. And not make excuses and provisions for the flesh that way. We all have more than our share of responsibilities. Some of them we probably Need to reorganize in our life, but and reorganize our priorities in our life. But in order to be bold and fervent and persistent, you've got to be in a spiritual place. You've got to be spiritually minded and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. not cast away your confidence. People can be very confident and then have their confidence destroyed. I've often referred to the the beginning of the Civil War when the, the Northern Army was sent by Lincoln to go down into Virginia and I believe it was called the First Battle of Bull Run. And <clears throat> there was a whole parade of people following them from Washington. That they were they were taking picnic baskets and everything and and the and the Northern Army was marching proudly, they were gonna show those rebels and everything, and there was this massive, well equipped, confident army. And they're there they are marching until they got punched in the mouth. And it says when they, they got hit so hard by the rebel army at the first impact that they turned and ran. They were better, They were larger, they were better equipped, but all their confidence was gone when they got punched in the mouth, so to speak. They got hit hard and that was the end. And they said all along the way, all their weapons and supplies and everything that they had their confidence that they were so scared that they threw their guns and their knapsacks and everything they had to make themselves lighter so they could run faster. Their confidence was gone. They cast away their confidence. And their weapons, and their army, and everything. And they said that there was picnic baskets mashed all along the way from soldiers and people trampling them. All the confidence was gone. They cast away their confidence. Well, we can cast away our confidence in the Lord the same way. And many cast away their hope in God along the way. Yeah, I trusted God before and nothing happened, so I gave up. Wish I had 10 bucks for every Person I've ever had tell me that yeah I prayed and nothing happened so I just assumed it wasn't God's will I prayed and nothing happened so I decided to do this I decided to do that and it's all things that are unscriptural that they're doing And they give up don't give up don't cast away your confidence So we go back to where we started with all this. In the book of James, where, where James says, The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man produces much. We can pray in a way that will move mountains. Jesus said it. If you ask anything in prayer, believing, you receive it. Today? Tomorrow? next month next year i don't know are we gonna say to god well i'm only gonna pray in faith if it happens soon god's making you wait he has a reason for it the bible says the testing of your faith works patience our faith is being tested every day we have to understand that this is what the kingdom of god is about it's about walking in in a a trust in the God who made us, the God who loves us, the God who gave his life for us, the God who says, trust me, the God who caused us to become his children, say, okay, walk with me today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is the day to trust me. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. There's enough trouble today. Trust me for today. One day at a time. That's what we got it do. Any brothers wanna comment on that or have anything else any brothers wanna share?